On October 13th, 1917, Our Lady appeared in the final and the most dramatic of her six apparitions to the shepherd children of Fatima. And it was here in that final apparition that she revealed her identity, saying, I am the Lady of the Rosary. People must amend their lives and ask pardon for their sins. They must not offend our Lord anymore, for he is already so much offended. And these words were followed by that famous miracle of the sun that she promised that she would perform in front of 70,000 people in that time, atheists and Catholics alike. But what is less known was the vision that the children had immediately after that miracle had taken place with the sun. Sister Lucia wrote in her diary later on, We saw St. Joseph with the child Jesus and Our Lady, robed in white with a blue mantle, standing beside the sun. St. Joseph and the child Jesus appeared to bless the world, for they traced the sign of the cross with their hands. And later on, Sister Lucia went to describe what the significance of the vision of the Holy Family right at the climax of one of the greatest apparitions we've ever seen in the history of our church. Hence, in the message of Fatima, God calls on us to turn our eyes to the Holy Family of Nazareth, into which he chose to be born, to grow in grace and stature, in order to present to us a model that we are to imitate as our footsteps tread the path of our pilgrimage to heaven. So she's saying the Holy Family is what we need to look to in order to guide us through the coming century. And this only makes sense in light of Mary's final warnings of what would be happening to the world in the 20th century. She told Sister Lucia in a private vision, the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Lucia added, do not be afraid because whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way because this is the decisive issue. Nevertheless, Our Lady has already crushed the head of the serpent. And Mary told her that her warnings about what would take place would become much more clear in the 1960s. This vision happened in the 1917, 1960s. Well, what happened in 1960s? You had the explosion of the sexual revolution, feminist ideology, contraceptives becoming the norm, divorce, breakdown of the nuclear family, and traditional values. All these things never imagined at that time. And yet, looking back, it's become the norm in what we are living in now. Broken families. So in order to win any battle, you have to know three things, essentially. One, that there is a battle going on. Two, where it's being fought. And three, what's the weapon? So number one, not only is this a battle in our times, but it's the most decisive battle, as Mary herself said. Number two, where is it taking place? Right in the heart of the family. It's a battle against the family. And what is the weapon to win? I think it's one principal thing, authentic masculinity. That the essence of the breakdown of the family is a breakdown of our understanding of what it means to be a man. Because the man is the center of the family. And the way that the man goes will lead the family. 
And I think that Pope Francis was very inspired on this is why perhaps he dedicated this year to the intercession of St. Joseph. This entire year, we're, we're asked to look to St. Joseph as a special intercessor. Pope Benedict, his predecessor, said that we are living in the times of the pater absconditus, the times of the absent father, where God the Father is no longer present in our society, especially in our country. We have a widespread rejection of God as our Father, as the one who gives us the commandments of what we are to follow. We have a widespread abscondation of men from their families, fathers leaving the household. And because of that, we have many boys who are raised in families without a father to teach them what it means to be a man. Because this is the principal difference between male and females. Women are born, men are made. Every girl by nature, as she grows up, will become a woman. But to become a man is a mindset. And it's something that's gained through virtue, through courage, through learning how to sacrifice yourself. That's why rites of passage have existed from the dawn of history all over the world. And only men had to go through it. And boys would only be considered men once they passed through that. Because women are born, men are made. And when there's no men to teach boys how to become men, that's when the chaos just continues. And that's why in light of this, I've decided to focus my homilies in this next year, particularly on the subject of authentic masculinity, what it means to be a man in the context of our times that we're living in. I understand that some people might think that that is a bit one-sided. Why not talk about women, authentic femininity? Simple. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Take it as a compliment. You guys are good. If there's a problem, it's the man. I'm joking, but I'm actually kind of serious because even if there is a problem in the marriage, even if the woman is a problem, she's not the problem. The problem is the man because the, pro- the man is the leader of the household. And if the man acts in accordance with what he should do, everything else will always flow accordingly even in the midst of the trials. Eve never would have grasped the apple if Adam had been faithful to his vocation as a man, if he had protected the garden from the serpent and he had protected his wife from temptation. The problems of the woman fall to the man, just as the problems of every Catholic parish do not belong to the laity, the people. It belongs to the priest. When I say priest, I'm obviously talking about Father Brad. I'm just a, a vicar. I don't have to take responsibility. Part of being a man is learning to take absolute responsibility for what belongs to us. And the family is ultimately the man's responsibility. Pope Francis described the virtues of St. Joseph saying, He was a man who made an offering of himself in love by offering his chastity completely for Mary. He was obedient to the will of God, taking Mary into his home, always asking the Lord what he wanted him to do. And with his fiat, he protected Mary and Jesus throughout their sojourn on this earth. And he especially highlighted what he called the creative courage of St. Joseph, which emerged in the way he dealt with difficulties. The carpenter of Nazareth was able to turn a problem into a possibility by trusting in divine providence. One great lesson that we get from St. Joseph is how chaotic life was. 
constantly on the move, constantly running away, trying to protect the family and deal with situations outside of his control. And that's what life is for every one of us, especially in our times. It's chaotic. But it's our job as men to have creative courage to turn every problem into a possibility. So I'm going to use the problem of the breakdown of families, of marriages in our times, which is the decisive issue that we are facing, as a possibility to talk about authentic masculinity. Because I think that is the key that can truly save families in our times. Today I'll mention just three virtues that Pope Francis highlighted according to St. Joseph's example, which are obedience, courage, and sacrifice. Obedience. We fell in the garden because Adam chose to obey Eve over God. When men choose to please creatures before their creator, it always brings chaos and confusion into the world because it's disordered. St. Joseph was a man who was always obedient to the inspirations of God primarily. And Mary was always submissive to him. And Mary, who had the highest dignity, the highest calling of any creature on earth to be the mother of God, even she was submissive to her husband. After the Annunciation, the greatest moment, the greatest miracle of ecstasy ever seen in this world when God becomes flesh in her womb, she never had another vision for the rest of her life. Every vision after that went to who? St. Joseph. And St. Joseph had to bear that burden of responsibility to lead the Son of God and the Immaculate Virgin. And she, in total obedience and trust and surrender, was submissive to him and followed him. That's proper order. And when that order is flipped, chaos ensues. So it's a call to us men to lead our families, to take that responsibility upon ourselves not abscond what God has called us to. Courage. We fell in the garden because Adam fled in fear of the serpent. His cowardice turned the garden paradise into a desert wasteland. And that's why St. Joseph is always invoked under the title, the terror of demons. He was a man who didn't cower in fear in the face of trial. And that's also why whenever there's an exorcism, he's one of the most powerful intercessors that exorcists will call upon. Say, whenever they have a really hard case, St. Joseph always has a special power against the demons. Because he fought them in this life, they still fear him in the next life. And it's a call to us men not to shy away from the battles that present themselves to us in our times. To stand up and speak out rather than cower in fear. Lastly, sacrifice. Because Adam chose to protect himself rather than protect his family. St. Joseph laid down his life in sacrifice over and over again in order to protect Mary and Jesus and take them wherever they needed to go. As Sister Lucia warned, whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way because this is the decisive issue. So if you really want to stand up and get reordered in the family, you better be ready to fight because the world will push back against us. Priest told me something right before I was ordained. I've never forgotten. He said, the reason priests don't speak about difficult issues 
because, is because they're not yet ready to die. In order to be a real man to lead your family, you got to be willing to die for them. It's a call to us men to be willing to lay down our life for our loved ones and the souls entrusted to our care, no matter what the cost is. So I'd like to end this homily with a simple prayer of consecration to St. Joseph, and I invite all of you to kneel and unite yourselves in spirit to these words, asking his protection over you, over your family, and especially over our parish. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, O dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself and my loved ones, my family, to your intercession and give myself and them to you that you may always be our Father, our protector, and our guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God and the salvation of my soul and the souls of those entrusted to me in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. O blessed Saint Joseph, pray for us that we may share in the peace and joy of your own holy death after living our lives in fidelity to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.